Live on the Mule Sports Network, it's Muhlenberg Boys Basketball. Brought to you by MikeDragoSports.com. The best high school sports coverage in Berks. The new Birdies Inn at 160 Old Friedensburg Road in Exeter. And Lancaster Full Service Painting. Now to the broadcast booth, here are your announcers, Ryan Lineweaver and Chris Ziner. A very subdued opening there from Jerry. Well, I mean, it's up and down. I mean, I can't say much. It was very subdued by no ravishing, no uh, cardiac Chris. No, thank the Lord. Man. Anyway. Thank the Lord. Anyway, Muhlenberg and Wilson on the docket here this evening here at Muhlenberg High School. I'm Ryan Lineweaver along with Chris Ziner. And uh, this could turn the tide of how Burks 1 currently looks. Wilson currently sitting atop at 6-2, and 13-5 overall. Muhlenberg just a game behind them, 5-3, and 11-7 overall. And all of that could change right here this evening. Wilson did take the earlier game. It was a 57-56 game. Went into overtime. Carell Akings scored a career and game high, 23 points, six boards for the Bulldogs, who went to 2-0, 7-1 on the season at that point. The Mules had fallen to 6-3. But Shermar Killen, double-double in that one, 16 points, 10 boards for him. Uh, Alex Cayado also with 15 points. Kyle Archie with 10. Jaden Kantner with 9. I think that you'll probably see a lot more of the same. Is there anything else that we should keep an eye on here for the rematch of that uh, overtime loss earlier this season? Uh, uh, there's a couple things. I mean, the rebounding, it was there early. The intensity from these mules came out to play. Uh, they, like we said, they came out 15-9 in the first quarter. Uh, second quarter, they kind of took their foot off the gas, and, I mean, you could see Wilson outscores them 18-12 to 12 in the second quarter. But it, we see Muhlenberg comes out of each half, start of the game, they come out fast. They come out playing their game. They come out high intensity. And then they kind of take their foot off the gas to kind of keep themselves throttling through the game. And we will see definitely a lot of that tonight because this game will, like you said, will change how everything happens coming into the end of the season. Just four games left on the docket. This being one of them for Wilson, for Muhlenberg, uh, pretty much all the same, except this is one of three games remaining. Uh, so after this... Coincidentally, we have all three games here on the, uh, you know, Jerry Gellif stable of networks. Yes, we do. I should say, they, they're just all on the Mule Sports Network. They're yes. not elsewhere. You're not going to hear it on the Exeter one. <laughs> but Wilson this evening, Thursday, they're at Daniel Boone, and then Tuesday finishing up at Reading High. So, look, if you want to have a chance at capturing that Burks one, that section crown, it starts here tonight. You have to get a win against Wilson, and no better time to do it in front of your home fans. Yeah, it's definitely we've we've definitely seen the difference that these mules play at when they're home. It's a totally different intensity because those players are picking up all that energy from the audience and everyone's putting their input, yelling, and the energy is electric for those mules to get off the ground with. For the Bulldogs coming in, they've won three of their last four, coming in thirteen and five, six and two overall. They recently beat Exeter, just a one-point game in the game yes. that, of course, you were probably watching. In that one, Akings had 15 points to pace the Bulldogs. The Eagles went cold a little bit, but Sands and Garvin both had 21, and somehow Wilson was able to weather that storm. Exeter put up 34 points in that fourth quarter and still came up just a point shy after Wilson, a 19-point lead after the first quarter. 
stayed at the break. 19-point lead going into the fourth quarter. And then had to eke out that one-point victory. I mean, it's tough. We Especially the last time the Mules went against Exeter, it was a close game. You saw if you let Exeter into the game, they will take that chance. But here, Wilson just ran away in that first quarter. And we've talked about it multiple times where if you let a good team get in front of you, and yes, good teams can come back from that, but it's always going to be that one point short because you can't hop on the train too late. It's going to be gone. Ended up outscoring Wilson 18 by 18 in the fourth quarter. It was 34-16, still just shy of what it needed to be. But I tell you, Wilson... Part of what makes them so dangerous is because of how well-balanced they are and how deep their roster is. Because they can legitimately go eight, nine players deep off the bench and not miss a beat. Mm -hmm. You wonder how they were going to, you know, cope with losing someone like Cam Jones last year. Well, this is how you do it. You have guys like Tommy Hunsaker, fresh off the football field. He scored eight points last game. Zollinger with nine. Uh, Edom with eight. McFadden with seven. Akings with 15. LeVan with 14. So, I mean, you have balance scoring up and down this entire roster, which is a good thing in certain cases that you get to spread out the scoring. But when it comes down to crunch time, as you saw against, uh, you know, uh, Exeter, there we go, that, uh, you know, fourth quarter comes around and you need a bucket. Where are you getting it from? And that's when you really need somebody key that can step up in that situation. We'll see if Wilson has that going forward. You probably have it in, in guys like Aikings. Uh, currently leading the way for them, but you know, can't is that sustainable? Is the full you know roster scoring? Uh, you know, Aikens with 11 points, Gruber with 10, and then everyone else nine, eight, six, five, five, five. Like you have guys all the way down the roster who are scoring points every single game. There are guys like Christo Hunsaker. There are guys like Aaron Wilson, uh, or sorry, Christo Hunsaker, who's played in 17 games but averaging mm-hmm. just 2.4 points. So, look. They're deep all the way up and down when it comes down to crunch time. I'm not sure if Muhlenberg wants to get to that point. So for them, mm-hmm. it's very important that they get off to a good start here. So transferring into the Mules now, that's one of the things that we have noticed mm-hmm. is sometimes they have a tendency to start slow, try to pick up the pace late. And much like Exeter, that's what they ran into, that you just can't start slow like that. Or you've seen the opposite. <laughs> where you've seen them start off quickly and then finish poorly like they did against mm-hmm. Pottstown. So, yes. you know, got to have a full four-quarter effort up here out of Muhlenberg this evening if they uh, would like to jump atop Burks 1. Oh, yeah, definitely. And tonight's going to be those one of those big nights, especially since uh, Wilson's coming off that close game win. They could be tired or they could step it up to a whole new level. Either team, if you're a good team, Great teams are made off of good teams in close games. And I feel like this is going to be a very close game. And uh, if Muhlenberg does not come out running right off the get-go, I think it's going to be a tough night for the Mules. Muhlenberg had won three straight games before dropping last Tuesday. They'd have had a lot of time to chew on that five-point loss to Governor Mifflin. That one, Mifflin was up by five after one, up by just one after Muhlenberg stole a couple back. Had a nice big third quarter, and then it was Muhlenberg chasing the game in the fourth. They ended up ripping off, uh, you know, five points off that margin, but still ended up falling by five, 64-59, that final here in Laureldale. They did give up 27 to Matt Kohler, gave up 15 uh, to Bryce Detweiler uh, with Governor Mifflin. But then looking at the positive side of things, you got Alex Coyota going. 
Mm -hmm. That we've been waiting for. Yes. You know, we haven't seen that since the last time. Listen, you need Alex Callado. You need that motor. You need him confident and shooting and being aggressive uh, to go along with Shermar Killen. They had that, just fell short, though. But Callado had 17. Killen with 16. And Jaden Kantner continuing his strong stretch with 11 points against the Mustangs. Yeah, we've seen it where if Alex Collado and Shamar are heating up relatively quickly, they will start, teams will start going to a zone against them so they can have someone on them. And then it's a little bit tougher when you only have those two people, but like last game against Governor Mifflin, Jaden Kantner was that guy to score 11. You usually don't see another guy over double digits other than Shamar and Alex. If they can get a, like two more people to come over like Kyle Archie, he's been on the up and up. He's getting inside the post. He's getting those rebounds. He's starting those fast breaks, getting those passes out. If Kyle Archie and Jane Kantner can improve that game even more tonight, I think that's a huge win for the Mules in general because this team is coming in. It's senior night. All that energy is here for them. If they can really pull that teamwork together, get that passing going, running the lane like the fast breaks they have and keeping up that intensity, I think this team has a really good chance of winning this game tonight. They are led by Shermar Killen. Killen with 15 consecutive double-digit games. He has scored in double digits in 16 of his 18 appearances here this season. They'll need him to continue that stretch going forward and really showing no signs of stopping. Uh, yeah, he's he's a versatile weapon to have out on the floor. I mean, he, he goes inside, he's not afraid of contact, but he can also shoot the three, and that's tough to guard against, especially being ver so versatile in Burks 1. And we talked about Coyado. The aforementioned Burks Catholic game where he did go scoreless. Mm -hmm. Scored 11 against Pottstown, 15 against Exeter in the game that we covered, and then 10 against Twin Valley, 16 against Harrisburg in a beatdown, and then 17 against Mifflin. So it's good to see him. Getting back into the groove of thing, five consecutive games in double figures. They'll need him to be strong. Then we also saw Jaden Kantner pick it up over the past couple of games as well. It started against Reading High where he put up 19. He only had two points the game before that. Put up 19 against Reading High, seven against Burks Catholic, and then consecutive games, 13, 20, 8, and 11 for him. So he's picking it up as the season's going along. They'll need him to be strong as the primary ball handler here for the Mules this evening. And... Just about to get underway here, but first the national anthem here in Laureldale. So we'll take a quick break. When we return, we'll have Wilson versus Muhlenberg right here on the Mule Sports Network.
missing that daily basketball coverage you used to enjoy reading each morning? Now you can find it again at MikeDragoSports.com, a website dedicated to covering Burke's football, basketball, and baseball inside and out. For four decades, Mike Drago has provided in-depth coverage of Burke's basketball, and now you can find it again at MikeDragoSports.com. Read feature stories about Burks County's top players, coaches, and teams, game reports, scoreboards and schedules, breaking news, and more. Mike's unparalleled coverage is just a click away. Go to MikeDragoSports.com. The new Birdies Inn is your entertainment spot in Exeter. There's something every day of the week. Dancing to the oldies on Monday, open mic Tuesday, trivia or live music on Wednesday, Thursday is karaoke with Angie, and live music Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Entertainment galore, great food, and the friendliest people in Berks County. The new Birdies Inn, 160 Old Friedensburg Road in Exeter. It's the inn thing to do. Check Birdie's Facebook page for the full entertainment schedule. You're listening to Ryan and Chris on the Mule Sports Network. Back here in Laureldale, Wilson announcing their starters. They'll be in their road red jerseys, the white lettering and trim. Maddox Gruber, Tommy Hunsaker, Tom McFadden, Karel Akings, and Luke Levan, your starters for the visiting Bulldogs. Meanwhile, Muhlenberg will be in their home white jerseys. Blue lettering and numbers with the white trim and outline. A little bit of yellow splashed on there as well. Mm-hmm. I actually like these jerseys. They're pretty fresh. Mm-hmm. I do enjoy that the uh, the shorts feed into the yellow stripe going up the right-hand side of the jerseys. Yeah, that's one of my favorite aspects yeah, to it. it's pretty sharp. Still missing Mikey Miller here this evening as the Coyoto brothers will be out on the court together once again. And meanwhile, Jaden Kantner, Kyle Archie, Shermar Killen rounding out the starting five for the Mules. They're going to announce some of the uh, seniors, it sounds like, as well, as they got Drew LeClaire coming out. You got Jules Martinez getting a little bit of love. They won't be in the starting five, but they are graduating seniors. They are. Got to pay them a little bit of love. Assistant coach Rick Perez goading the uh, student section into announcing them. Hey. I mean, we have a paid announcer. We do, (laughs) but hey. What are you going to do? It changes, huh? Sure does. LeVan will take the tip for the Bulldogs. He'll go up against Kyle Archie. I wonder what kind of defense they're going to come out in. That's a good question. They like to mix it up a little bit. They do. Bouncing between 3-2, 2-3. Then I'll throw some man looks at you. I don't think we've ever seen the boxing one come out from them. Not quite in the same way that we have from other squads. Yep. Killen lined up on the left-hand side of the court, the remainder of the mules on the right. Gruber playing his opposite. Fresh eight minutes up on the board. Wilson wins the opening tip. Knocked into the hands of Hunsaker, and we are underway. Mills coming out. 
Again, showing some zone defense here. Initially looks a bit like a 3-2. A deep three taken by Gruber. That one's short. Transitioning here for the Mules. Yeah, coast to coast. Collado. Goes Alex Collado, getting him started early. It's 2-0. He's driving the lane already, and I love that look for him. When he drives the lane, he starts getting inside there. He is a beast down there. And he's just dribbling and driving, and nobody's stepping up to stop him, so he just takes it right to the cup. Driving in, left-handed layup attempt by Akings off the mark. Kantner, two on two, back the other way. Killen drops it in. Shermar Killen makes it 4-0 in favor of the Mules. And those two are coming out early with the fire. That one tipped away by Killen. Ball loose on the floor. Kantner gets possession. Timeout called by Matt Flowers. Muhlenberg basketball, 32nd timeout. Stops the clock with 6.56. And, hey, we talked about, hey, what kind of mules are you going to get here at the beginning of the game? Is it going to be the slow starters or is it going to be the quick ones? Well, I think you have your answer here in the first minute and four seconds. Yeah, we do. I mean, they got a turnover already, and it's, what are we, first minute or so? Two I mean, shots, a turnover. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the intensity that they play at, and we see that they ran the fast break off of both their points. They were driving layups, and they just are great with that fast break. They keep the pace up, and everything goes right when they keep their pace up and keep that patience, though, because it's not they're driving to the rim recklessly. They're driving where there's an open lane, and that always ends the workout. Kantner will inbound to Killen. Killen will slow roll it up the court. Archie, top of the key, picks up his dribble. Off to Kantner. Kantner going all the way around, drops it to Collado. Now they'll swing it around the arc. Down low to Archie. Archie into the paint, drops it off to Jeffrey Collado. Back to Kantner. Kantner driving in. He's tied up pretty well, but they're going to give him a foul. I thought that was all ball there by Gruber. Looked, looked like he had him pretty well tied up. Looked wouldn't a little close. Some, yeah, wouldn't have been surprised that he jumped ball there, but I wouldn't have either. Kantner to the stripe where he is an excellent free throw shooter this season. He's doing really well from the free throw line. If I can find him, let's see. Uh, Jane Kantner, he's 43 for 57 right now. He's 82%. Well, it's less than that now. Sorry, just, 57 missed, to 69%. He missed the first. No thanks to us. Nah, no thanks to us, of course. I mean, you and me just bounce back and forth between doing that, so it's not really either one to fault. One of two at the stripe for Kantner. Puts him 58 Eight. for 71, so that five, works. Five-nothing spurt here in the opening 90 seconds for the Mules. Akins surveying. It's off to Hunsicker. Hunsicker gets a screen. A little hesitation dribble there, has to pick it up. Dylan coming out on the switch. Nice job there. Tommy Hunziker playing quarterback. Not an unfamiliar position for him. They try to drop it down onto the low post, and LeVan, case of the butterfingers, goes over the end line. Out of bounds, another turnover. Wilson will stay scoreless here in the first two minutes. Yeah, they uh, changed out from that 3-2 zone to that man coming down this time, and that man just works. I feel like that man works a little bit better than that zone does because they keep their intensity up with that one. 
I think Wilson's a team where Muhlenberg's athleticism will pay dividends. Archie thinks about the three. Gives it up to Collado, who drains the triple. Collado with five. Mules with eight. Bulldogs need to chip away at it here. Levan. A dribble handoff with Aking. Into the corner. Three by McFadden. That one's short. Archie grabs the board. Moving it ahead. Killen. Archie nearly got in the way of that pass. Driving in is Collado with the left. The tough finish. The tough angle, more importantly. He has seven. The Mules have ten. He is fired up, especially on defense. He's out there guarding up. He's clapping. He is all in this game tonight. He scored the first two, and he scored the last five as a three put up from the left corner. That one's short, too. Archie, another board. Up ahead to Collado. Collado stops. Got it in one. Wow. He is on fire early. These are the mules that we paid to see all season long, and no better time for them to get on the horn like this than late season. A timeout taken here by Wilson. It will be the 32nd variety, so we'll stay here. But 12-0 in favor of the Mules here. 4.36 remaining in the first. It's wow. been the Alex Collado show as he has led the Mules here. Like I said, you saw him against Berks Catholic. Very out of the ordinary. Kind of getting his footing back in. And today, this is exactly the type of player that we expected to see out of uh, Collado in the early going in the season. Oh yeah, he's that fire starter. I mean, like you said, in the early season, he had back-to-back -back 24 games. He was balling out, he, and then he had another 20-point outing after that. I mean, once he's on fire at the start of the game and he's feeling it, he can go anywhere. And he's hit the ground running tonight. Nine points. Well, when you're having that kind of night, you're gonna get all the bounces, and that one off the backboard and in. 10 for Collado, 13 for the Mules. Collado, by the way, averaging 14.7. He's less than five points off his average here, and we're not even halfway through. And finally, Wilson, nice pick out there as Gruber on the low block finally gets a layup to go. Cuts into the scoring. 13 to two, Mules. Killing, dialing up a triple oh. of his own. You can't leave Shermar Killen with that much space. He has 12 threes coming in. That's number 13 on the air. 16 to two, stepping into one and getting it to drop was aching. His first. Now back the other way, Collado just slams it off the backboard and in. What a Euro. A dozen for Alex. 18 to four, Mules up by 14. How about that? Wilson undeterred, still running that motion offense. Driving in with the left hand is Gruber. Impressive finish from him. Got the teardrop finish. I mean, that was, that was a great uh, pass. I mean, he got in the middle of the lane. They're playing, they playing man at the time and he just finds that open space and makes it. 
Three minutes left to go here in the first. Archie a straight ahead three. That went off back iron. It was a good look. He just put a little bit too much into it. Oh, and a nice find down low. Unlucky finish, but LeVan cleaning up his own mess. Gets two. His first bucket. That's one thing Wilson has going for them. They have a little bit of that height edge on them. That was a fantastic entry pass. Archie that time trying to front him and not so prepared for the lob pass underneath. That yeah. time getting caught a little out of position. Mm -hmm. Really hedged on the, uh, the entry pass coming via the bouncer. That time just not quite ready for it. 18 to eight mules, 231 remaining here in the first. Justin Armstrong and Le Drew LeClaire into the contest, seeing their first cup of coffee. 225 left here in the first. John Edom into the game for Wilson. Killen, I think, has the switch that he wants. He's, he's hoping for some type of screen. Justin Armstrong, the smallest player on the court, not going to set a strong one there. Killen picks up his dribble. Now Archie, left corner, driving baseline, draws a little bit of contact, lays it up and in. The double-double machine, Kyle Archie with his first bucket, leads back to a dozen. I mean, if Kyle Archie can start going too, this game could be a runaway train. Matt Coldren getting Christo Hunsicker ready to go. That time, LeVan gets two more. Second straight trip down the floor for him with a bucket. It's 20 to 10. 90 seconds left here in the first period. Going into the corner, Archie. Eyeing up LeVan. Armstrong. Gruber guarding him. Try and get Killen open. Oh, and Killen had it for a little bit. Collado, about a 15-foot jumper from the left wing is no good. Wilson trying to get things moving. Ended up pulling it out. Onto the right corner. McFadden at three, and LeVan picked the rebound off the top of, looked like maybe Archie, but it is to be a hold. Trying to figure out who he called it on. There it is, it's killing. Hmm. Or Archie. There yeah, you I go. Think it's Kyle it was Archie. on Archie. It's hard to see. I don't have, uh, it's blocking that. Yeah, I get it. Christo Hunsaker, his first bucket. It's a 20 to 12. Collado down on the low block, banging amongst the trees, gets two more. What a first quarter for Collado. He Whew. is lighting it up. 30 seconds left now. Wilson may hold for one. And dribble handoff with Edom now into the corner. He'll switch there off the screen. I'll swing it around left to right. Edom looking. 10 seconds left here in the first. A three launched. That one no good by Akings. Killing the board. Killing ahead to Archie. Four seconds. Two. Archie's got to put it up. And gets it to go off the tough angle. Kyle Archie, another bucket for him. 24 to 12 after the first quarter. How about that? 
Mules doubling up the Bulldogs here in a crucial Burks 1 matchup. We'll take a quick break. Be right back here for the second quarter. Mules doubling up the Bulldogs when we return here on the Mules Sports Network. Is your house or business looking dingy or need a sprucing up? Be it interior or exterior, Lancaster Full Service Painting is right for your job. Specializing in all methods of painting, from brush and roll to airless spray and HVLP, Lancaster Full Service Painting will deliver a comprehensive premium job at a friendly price. There's no full service painting like Lancaster Full Service Painting. Call John at 717-419-8492 or schedule online at LancasterFullServicePainting.com. This is the Mule Sports Network on Jerry Gallup Media. 24-12 after the first eight minutes of play. Back in action here. Muhlenberg, a quick start, a 13-0 run to open up this contest. Blew the doors off in the early going. Right now... Up by a dozen. Kantner. The Collado brothers all in the contest, along with Kyle Archie Eli and Hemmings. Hemmings. How about that? Eli Hemmings mm -hmm. into the contest. Watching Muhlenberg continue to expand their bench, put in some of the youngsters. Collado, what a dish across the lane. Jeez. Just a blind pass to Kyle Archie, who drops it in. Largest lead of the contest now, 26 to 12. That's just a great pass across and gets to the baseline. Uh, he knew what he was doing the entire way and then creates a crater in the hardwood, swatting that one away. Wow. He nearly stole that one from behind going up. He did. <laughs> wow. I'm pretty sure he didn't just get a hand on it. He got his entire arm on that ball. Oh, yeah. He tried to put that <laughs> ball up and out. Collado said, get that out of here. Stops the clock with 719. They try to drop it onto the low block. Archie guarding Tommy Hunsaker. That's not a matchup, but a fantastic backdoor cut there by Tommy McFadden. Gets the bucket. Gotta make sure to keep those zones. They switch to that 2-3 zone up top, and you gotta just, keep those zones. Just miscommunication there. Yep. Kantner. Trying to back down, ends up coughing it up. He'll look down low for Jeffrey Collado. Unfinished business for him as Zollinger was able to deny the entry pass and come away with it. Wilson, their goal going into the break here is just shaving off what they can. Gruber, tough floater off the mark, ends up tracking down his own miss. Wilson will quickly move it from right to left. Now back to Gruber underneath, kicks it out. Driving in, losing the handle on it, but drawing the contact was Akings. And call is on the floor. 26-14, 6 remaining here in the first half. This game is physical early. I mean, I think everyone on the floor right now has touched the ball multiple times. It has been a game of passing and finding that open person. This is great basketball. The second foul by Kyle Archie, a three dialed up that time by Gruber is no good. Hemmings the board. Hemmings will move it ahead. Archie, a three. 
That one just off to the right. Hey, I'd like to see that look from Kyle Archie. He's not hesitating to take that open three. That's the second one he's taken. He's come up a little and short. And we're going to have an offensive foul called here on the Bulldogs. Jeez. A little too much contact there. As McFadden. The infamous chant, you can't do that. And uh got to tell you, the student section is correct. He could not do that, and he's whistled for the foul. It's my favorite chant. I don't care what anyone says, my favorite chant. First of the quarter, both teams nursing one foul here in the first two minutes. Once again, Collado, that time too tough of an angle. Can't get it to roll. Wilson with a chance. They can cut it to single digits with a three. And eyeing one up right now is Maddox Gruber. I had to say it, didn't I? You did. Seven points for him. The lead down to nine. That one, tricky pass. Hemmings just inside the elbow. Can't get it to go. Gruber will slam on the brakes as Jeffrey Collado guarding him. Look down low, doubling up on LeVan. He'll have to kick it back out. Killen doing a nice job. They've made that switch there. And a three put up by Akings. Got it. And that 14-point advantage has dwindled its way to six now with 5.01 remaining. We're going to have a full timeout. It is a full timeout, so we take one as well. 5.01 left here in the first half. The Mules' lead was 14, stands at 6, 26-20 when we return here on the Mules Sports Network. For the best coverage of high school sports in Berks County, head to MikeDragosports.com. Winter means basketball, and Mike and his crew have it covered like no one else does. Game recaps, stats, team news, player and coach profiles, and analysis. No one does it like Mike. A subscription to MikeDragosports.com for pennies a day makes a great holiday gift for the sports fan on your list. Take advantage of their seven-day free trial. That's MikeDragosports.com for the best sports coverage in Berks. You're listening to Ryan and Chris on the Mule Sports Network. 26-20, left here in the second quarter. Good time out there by head coach Matt Flowers. Wilson was on an 8-2 run here in the opening three minutes. Now we'll see him switch it up a little bit. Kantner drew a whole bunch of contact, hit the hardwood, no call. Back come the Bulldogs. Tough layup there, that one. A little too much of a floater by Akings. In transition, up ahead to Kantner. Kantner loses it. Now Wilson the other way. Akings got Collado way up in the air and lays it in easily. Second bucket for him. Five in the quarter, seven in the game. It's now a four-point game. For a second, I thought Alex Guetta was floating because he was in the air for a while. Killens, pull-up jumper from the right wing is short. Tommy Hunsaker grabs the board, leads the transition. It was a nice try for a cut there by Zullinger. Turnaround in the lane by LeVan is good. It's a two-point game now. Hey, we said earlier this game was going to be a fight. I that mean. one 
Telegraph pass there by Killen tipped out of bounds into the scorer's table. Sorry, go ahead. No, that's okay. I mean, we said it was going to be a grueling fight if both teams come out to play, and they're both coming out to play. I mean, Mules come out to shoot in the first half quarter, and the second quarter's going Wilson's way. Just one bucket here for the Mules. Kyle Archie, that's it. Right now, 12 points for Wilson, a 12-2 advantage. Muhlenberg apparently just happy to drain the clock. They're going to force Tommy Hunsaker to come out and guard Killen. And Collado has it stripped. Looking for a call, gets nothing. Gruber's still down on the court. A miss at the other end by Akings. Now Collado. Out to Kantner, back to Collado, playing some hot potato, left corner three, that one in and out. That one hit just about every part of the rim, trying to save it from going out of bounds to Aking, and he ended up dropping it right to Jeffrey Collado, who drops in his first bucket of the contest. Finally, finally, Mules with a little bit of life here on a second chance. Hey, that's a huge bucket from Jeffrey Collado to hopefully change a little bit more of that momentum from this going Wilson's way. Wilson had a couple of threes, and once again, just wide open on the low post. It can't happen. Can't happen as Aikings, two more for him. Nine in the contest. Sorry, we'll eventually let you talk. Jeffrey Collado <laughs> into the paint, does a couple of pump fakes, can't get anyone to bite, decides, all right, I'm just going to put it up. Ends up getting it to go. It's 30-26. Hey, if he can start getting going in the paint, I mean, this team is lethal, and he's not usually one of those offensive guys that we see. And if he can start getting going, this game's going to get even more interesting. Two buckets for him here in the quarter. Mules now coming out and guarding right at that three-point line. A 3-2 zone. You got Armstrong... Jeffrey and Alex Collado up top. Kantner and, well, now it's kind of merged more into a 2-3. Really, it's just wherever Hunsaker goes. That's where Armstrong's floating. Now Hunsaker to that right elbow with Armstrong on him. Takes a dribble, has to kick it. A three launched. That one airballed. Pulled in by Killen. And Zellinger missing everything. Armstrong a three. That one too strong. Somehow into the arms of Collado, left-handed layup. Unfinished business for him. The other way, Gruber splits the defenders, draws the contact, and he'll go to line shooting too. Hey, I mean, that, that defensive look was looking really good. They switched into that zone, but that, like you said, Armstrong was shifting with Hunsiger. And, I mean, if you can have that, Keep that guy covered that you want covered. It's kind of like it's kind of like that boxing one, but they're just switching that zone around. No, I mean it's smart because you're dragging Armstrong not into the corner, but you're dragging him kind of out of position in that zone, you know, up much further, and it's leaving that low block open. You've seen mm -hmm. them expose that when you have Armstrong pulling up, throw somebody else down there, and you got cutters to that low left block where Armstrong should be occupying, and hey. They've been finding some easy buckets down there mm -hmm. as Gruber hits the first. Now a three-point game. Max Gruber, a 72% free throw shooter, misses the second, killing another board. Killing driving to his right, called for the offensive foul. Well set up there by Akings, draws the personal. He was standing there for what felt like, I don't know, 
like half an hour. Could have set up a folding chair and just sat there for as long as it took. And Killen bowls right over. Minute 18 left here in the first quarter. Three-point contest. Meals on top, 30-27. This has been a game, though. It's been a really interesting game so far. Hills coming out. A little bit of pressure here at the half court. Once again, guarding above the three-point line. They've made the switch. Drew LeClaire checking in for Armstrong. They still have Kantner in the middle of that 3-2. And Wilson will just take the air out of the basketball here, a la Elko. I'm not kidding when I've seen the Elko Raiders literally take the air out of the basketball for two minutes. Horribly exciting basketball. Gruber just staring at the clock. Wilson can tie it up. And I think that's probably what they're going to look to do here. They're trying their best, man. Coldren holding up a pair of threes in each hand. I don't know if he's dialing up LeVan's number, but he certainly has the height advantage. Now they'll finally get busy. Seven seconds down down low, and yeah, Armstrong not wasting any time. You have some fouls to give. Well, one foul to give, I should say. Mm-hmm. And they use it there as the shortest person on the court ended up guarding the tallest person on the court, and that is a mismatch that is uh, untenable. Oh, and that's so <laughs> smart by Matt Flowers. Brings Armstrong out just to put Marte in, give him a little bit of size to look here. Matt Marte will guard the inbounds. They'll get it into Gruber. Gruber with LeClaire draped on him. He chucks it up off back iron. Tip by LeVan won't go. And that'll do it. The Mules lead by three at the break. How about that? Back and forth and back and forth. Muhlenberg, 24 points in that first quarter. Six in the second. Still holding on for dear life to a three-point advantage here Mm -hmm. at the break. Let's pay some love to sponsors, come back, review the first half, and what still is yet to come here for the Mules as they wind down the regular season. But first things first, time to take care of the Bulldogs. More of that still to come here on the Mules Sports Network.
You're listening to Ryan and Chris on the Mule Sports Network. You are listening to Ryan and Chris instead of Sammy Hagar. Yeah. Sorry about that. If you were enjoying Plain Jane, may I suggest that you visit Spotify after the game (laughs) and listen to it your own darn self. 30 to 27 at the break here. Muhlenberg, a tale of two quarters for them. 24 points in the first quarter, just six in the second. Mm -hmm. And really, we talked in the pregame about Needing to get Alex Collado going. He was going. He basically met his season scoring average in the first quarter. And then yeah, he did. nothing in mm-hmm. the second. And really, that is a testament to Wilson slowing down the pace of play. Mm-hmm. And it really is because Muhlenberg was running and gunning. They were getting out. They were moving the basketball extremely well in the early minutes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, especially at the very start. You had two misses. You had a turnover. And in right off the bat, 
They were running and gunning and getting in transition, getting easy buckets, putting pressure on Wilson because they're like, hey, we are the more athletic team out of the two. Mm-hmm. They certainly are. Yes. Uh, take a look at them on the court, going back and forth. They are the more athletic squad, so they want to move the basketball. They want to be in a hurry. They want to move in transition. And Wilson, an excellent job there in the second quarter, limiting transition opportunities. And again, just six points for the Mules in the second. Yeah, and I mean, a big part of that early, especially, they caused two turnovers in that first quarter. Those were important turnovers for them to cause. One was right at the beginning, and it made them go up 4-0. And, uh, I mean, towards the end of that, Muhlenberg gave up there, too, and only won that battle in the first half by one. It was three turnovers for Wilson, two turnovers for Muhlenberg, and, I mean, it's it's a pretty clean game, but you see the impact that these turnovers have on Muhlenberg because they run that fast break. They're able to push the pace while uh, they have the advantage of a three-on-two or a two-on-one. And, I mean, you've seen Alex Collado multiple times drive in on that one person, and, and we've seen it where he dishes it, and it's a great basket. If he can just find that consistency through all four quarters, I think this game goes really well in the Mules' end. But, I mean, you're bringing in that those younger guys. I mean, you saw Armstrong. He had two open threes, and he just didn't have enough to put under them. Uh, they were well. I should say they were a little bit over just off the back, but he's a freshman. He's getting he's getting the reps now, and hopefully in the future we'll be able to see him be way out there, even more confident. I think for the Mules, especially on the defensive end of things, and we can start there for a hot second. Mm-hmm. I think part of it is you know they are kind of letting Levan out on an island, right? They're letting him play the triangle. Uh, which is what you want him to do to try to break a zone defense, right? He's going to play the triangle. He's going to move between low post and right up top there, either top of the key or around the free throw line, playing the elbows, depending where the ball's at, right? He's just going to move in that big triangle. Mm -hmm. And they've mostly just been letting him go. He's been standing up top at the elbow, and they've just been letting it go. Mm -hmm. You know, they're fine with him being that far out from the basket. The problem is... More than one occasion, they've either lost track of him or they don't have a body on him Mm -hmm. uh, well enough. Or it's in a spot that he vacated because they are currently trailing the play and trying to, you know, guard against the three-pointer. So they're Mm -hmm. leaving wide-open backdoor cuts down low as well. And I think that that's something that you may see the Mules kind of shift out of. So whether they try to stick with a 3-2 zone, but, hey, better coaching here at halftime, just being like, hey, You have to stay disciplined, right? Mm -hmm. As much as we want to stop the three, you have to stay disciplined within the zone defense. You can't linger out there because, hey, we're focused on stopping them from shooting. Well, you're letting them down low even easier. Mm -hmm. It's much easier to allow them to shoot layups all day because you're out of position in a 2-3 zone versus, hey, we want to stop the three. Let them shoot the three, Mm -hmm. right? Still contest it, right? Don't go out there. Don't go hog wild. Don't be you know, trying to fling yourself in front of their face and then be completely out of the play. Eh, that's not it at all. But certainly better communication. You saw a handful of backdoor cuts that just worked extremely well. It was great passing by Wilson. Uh, extremely uh, fantastic court awareness by them, uh, by their guard play. And really, that's turned the tide here. And again, that guard play has done a fantastic job limiting fast break opportunities. They've taken care of the basketball, especially in the second quarter. They started hitting some threes. That's where you started to see the tide turn towards Wilson. 
Yeah, and I mean, now you can see that they're starting to do those off-ball screens that are keeping that corner open, especially when they're running that 2-3 zone. They're having someone come in, set that off-ball screen, and that corner's wide open. Soon enough, they, like we saw, that intensity stayed up. They stayed on man. And I wouldn't be surprised if they go back to man more this quarter and try and change up that pacing again because it was working for them. No one was open. One thing that also stung was the removal of Kyle Archie. Mm -hmm. Archie being out of that contest really led to uh, LeVan being able to, you know, pull some moves out of his bag of tricks and really open up the Wilson offense as well. So Kyle Archie being back in will certainly be a huge help as Maddox Gruber Takes the inbound pass, and we are underway here for second half action. As Archie right away getting after it. So is Collado onto the ground. They finally get it back to Gruber. They look down low for Hunsaker. He has to swing it all the way across. Now finally Wilson can try to get started in their half-court set. Swing it out. Tommy Hunsaker right corner three. That one no good. Hits the top of the backboard. Dead ball rebound for the Mules. I mean, already you came into motion. I mean, we said they were, might play a little bit more man there, and you can see that they're leaving that three a little bit more open than usual instead of keeping that lane, that paint open. I mean, that's a great idea. It's just that you have to be disciplined, like you said. Oh, one thing that Wilson has done really well is they've stopped the downhill of the Muhlenberg offense, right? They are at their best as Collado launches a three. Cantor getting after it, and I believe that he's going to be said <laughs> He ended up landing with the basketball. It's him and Gruber were tied up, but he ended up coming away with it. And Well, hey, you got the basketball, you're out of bounds. Yeah, Jaden Cantor had a little bit of a running start from the three-point line to get that rebound. So, Neither side doing well in their first offensive possessions. And now you also have Alex Collado in there. He's able to mix it up a little bit with LeVan and switch off of him and be a little bit more versatile. Driving in, tough bucket is Tommy McFadden, his second for four. The lead sits at one. Wilson has never led in this game. They trailed by as many as 14. They were down 13-nothing to start. Now just one basket away from taking their first lead. Yeah, and they really need that lead back because that intensity for this gym is quiet right now, and if they can get that lead back, oh, what a bucket by Kyle Archie. Kyle too. Archie got that one to hang on the rim and drop through. Kyle Archie, welcome back to the contest. He has eight. Leads at three. Apologize for stopping my, but it was a good bucket. He was able to get inside. He got right over his man, and it was a good layup. Rolled right over the rim. They had LeVan on Collado. He ends up kicking it out. Three is no good by Akings. Jaina Cantor gets the rebound. It seems like he's going a little bit more into the paint, which I'm fine with. I mean, he's one of the smaller guys on the court, but he's their defensive point guard. I mean, he does well on the defensive end. Well, and again, you like to see the Muhlenberg offense go downhill, and there's Cantor getting into the lane and getting two. That's exactly what I'm talking about. It's almost like I'm calling color. Yeah. <laughs> but really, that second quarter, you were missing the drives. Mm -hmm. You were missing that downhill style of play that really benefits the Mules. Getting back at it here in the third. A three launched dead straight ahead by Akings. That one won't now. go. Yeah, now the Mules... Trying to get in motion. He throw it ahead to Cantor. He pulls it back out. Archie thinking three. LeVan giving him all the room that he needs. Now Cantor will restart the offense. Killen and Cantor staring over at the bench, waiting for Matt Flowers to bark out his marching orders. Killen against Hunsicker. 
Gets a switch. Now facing Akings. Instead, they want to get it into Collado. Collado against Tom McFadden. Down to his brother, Jeffrey. Turnaround jumper. That one won't fall. Just short. It was a good look, though. Jeffrey Collado was trying to get him Up ahead to up. Gruber. They're going to say the call is on the floor. No continuation there. Jeez. And it'll be a blocking foul. There's a little bit of luck there because that one rolled right over the rim and in. Sure did. The foul on the floor. No continuation. It's not in the act of shooting. Sorry, no NBA rules. Nope. Gruber, left corner three. That one too strong. Alex grabs the board. Now Muhlenberg, like I said, finally getting it moving. Quick passing over to Kantner in the corner. Little head fake out to Archie. Archie a three. That one too strong. Won't go. Kyle Archie, one of these days. It'll go. They're going to regret leaving him that wide open. Yeah, and once he gets hot, we've seen it. He makes a couple in a row. He does it in bursts. Gruber a three. That one off the rim, and then once again, another dead ball. I this game – sorry, go ahead. I think every time Kyle Archie has shot the ball, it's been a little bit too much on it. If he could just find that perfect touch, I think it'll be good. Kyle Archie does have three three-pointers to his credit this season. It's not like he can't hit them. Killen down low onto the low block. They'll kick it out to Archie. Archie back to Killen, low block. That one might have been swatted by LeVan. Back comes Gruber. Gruber runs into a double team, pulls it back out. Driving, kicking. Once again going baseline. Collado hits the deck. Nothing called, but the ball scoots out of bounds. It belongs to the Mules anyway. Offensive foul or not, it will be Muhlenberg basketball as Armstrong and LeClaire come in to... Accentuate that guard play as Killen and Alex, or sorry, Jeffrey Collado will have a breather with 347 left here in the third. Gives us a little bit of a smaller look out there. Well, it's low scoring here as, man, once again, telegraph pass by LeClaire trying to get it to Armstrong. Armstrong is thrown off of him out of bounds. Wilson basketball. I mean, you can't telegraph him like that. It's... It's really hard to not telegraph them when you're in such a close game and you want to get that ball there quick. LeClaire, an excellent match against Gruber. You close your, well, I was going to say, if you squint a little bit, they look eerily similar out on the court. May as well be the same player. Mm -hmm. Virtually the same haircut and everything. Aikens driving into the lane off back iron. Alex Collado with the big white headband this evening. Gets it, drives into the paint. Offensive foul. And Wilson, that's the second time that they've just been waiting, waiting in the paint for somebody to drive in, and that's exactly what ended up happening. Collado will take a seat. Killen will check in for him. That has been a problem. I mean, they're getting those charges to go for him, and they know how Alex Chiotto wants to play, Shamar Killens wants to play, and now they have to tiptoe around him. And it's tough to make those baskets when you have to tiptoe around on the ground. Continuing to be a clean third quarter here, Wilson with no fouls. Muhlenberg just their second with five gone. They'll take it outside the arc. Swatted by Armstrong, I think. Second attempt is missed. Kantner gets thrown to the ground. 
LeClaire will pick him up. I think they called it travel. I think so, too. It's going to be Wilson basketball underneath. Cantner getting beat to, <laughs> to snot here in the third quarter. Yeah. He takes a lot of abuse during these games. He does. Jeffrey Collado will take the place of Armstrong. I mean, he's not one of faint heart. I he does what he does, and he does it to the fullest extent. That almost looked like a travel. He'll swing it out. McFadden thinks about it. Now back to Akings. On to the left corner for Zellinger. Wide open triple attempt. That one. Whew. Wow. I don't know how that missed, but McFadden couldn't get it to go. Cantner thinks about a three. Over to Killen. Killen a triple. Oh, man. These balls are hitting every part of the rim except through. Now Gruber trying to go coast to coast leaves it short. Five on three opportunity as Cantner lays it in. And feels like the first basket in the open court like that for Muhlenberg since the first quarter. Yes, it has. Their lead extended back up to seven. And it's been a slow roll here. Just six points for the Mules. Just two for Wilson here in the first six minutes of the second half. Man, another turnover here for Wilson. I mean, this game has been really clean over turnovers. Both teams are taking really good care of the ball. I mean, saying that, uh, there was a turnover, but other than that, there's not many other turnovers going on in the game. LeClaire will check out. Alex Collado back in for him. Armstrong will also be reinserted, taking the place of Jeffrey. Nice cut by Cantor into the lane. Left hand finish. Got it. Tough. Bucket for Jaden Kantner. Quiet in the first half. He's got six here in the third. Jaden Kantner's layup package is pretty deep. We've seen. I mean, he puts his body on the line when he goes up for that layup. That is much more the type of layup that I like to see out of Jaden Kantner, by the way. He's drawn some of my ire, as has uh, Shermar Killen, with the angles that they decide to take on occasion. Get to the bucket. Get to the bucket. Don't shy away from contact. Don't shy away from any of it. Get to the cup. Mm -hmm. You know, stop trying to shy away from drawing contact. That's not the way. Mm -hmm. That is not the way. Nice job by Kyle Archie poking that one into the backcourt off the inbound. Gruber corrals it. He'll face Alex Collado. Last 70 seconds here. Looking down low. Gruber against Killen. Can't get it to go, but John Edom, his first bucket, gets the putback attempt. 38-31, seven-point advantage here for the Mules. Under a minute to play in the third. This game has been back and forth. I mean, both teams have had multiple fast breaks, and both teams are trying to get that ball to the top and just trying to reset that offense over and over again to see if they can find a crack. Muhlenberg has not trailed in this contest. They open up on a 13-0 run as Armstrong... Little hand check there from Akings. He'll be called for the personal. That'll be his first. Like I said, talk about a clean game. Akings with one, Gruber with one. Both of them out on the court. Gruber will check out now, as will Levan for the final 37.1. Expect to see a whole lot of them in the fourth. Taking their breather while they can, especially while Wilson's on defense. Kantner will try to break down Zellinger. 
He's got 30 seconds to do so. Al Zellinger coming close enough. Kantner just keeps trying to cross him up. Now driving in, going one on four. <laughs> How about that? Jaden Kantner looked around, saw a whole bunch of open space in the paint and said, I'm just going to throw it up. He does so, and the lead's back to nine. Nice job by Kantner again on the defensive end. That better be a tie-up, and it is. It's Muhlenberg basketball, possession arrow in their favor, and they will have another chance to go up by double digits here entering the fourth. Wow, what a play by, what a heads-up play by Jane Kantner. He sees that the ball's not comfortable in his hands just yet. He's trying to get there, and he's just right behind him, and he latches on and doesn't let go. Seven seconds to get it to Killen, and... Yeah, you have basically all the fouls to give in the world here if you're Wilson. They take one there as Edom called for his first personal. That's smart. Keeps them in the same spot for the same inbound. Yeah, they can't advance the ball off of that. 6.3 seconds now. They get it into Kantner. Kantner will get it across midcourt, immediately fouled by Zellinger. That'll be his first. Just using up the time that they have. You'd rather them waste time inbounding the basketball. Mm -hmm. Killen, right next to his own bench, will inbound. Edom throws up both arms and the blue and orange shoes. Throw down the low block for Archie. Archie double teamed. Armstrong has to throw it up out of the double team and that'll do it. 40-31 to 31 through three quarters of play. We'll take a quick break. When we return, the Mules look to bring this one home. Against the Burks 1 leading Wilson Bulldogs. More to come here on the Mule Sports Network. Is your house or business looking dingy or need a sprucing up? Be it interior or exterior, Lancaster Full Service Painting is right for your job. Specializing in all methods of painting, from brush and roll to airless spray and HVLP, Lancaster Full Service Painting will deliver a comprehensive premium job at a friendly price. There's no full service painting like Lancaster Full Service Painting. Call John at 717-419-8492 or schedule online at LancasterFullServicePainting.com. The new Birdie's Inn is your entertainment spot in Exeter. There's something every day of the week. Dancing to the Oldies on Monday, Open Mic Tuesday, Trivia or Live Music on Wednesday, Thursday is Karaoke with Angie, and Live Music Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Entertainment galore, great food, and the friendliest people in Berks County. The new Birdies Inn, 160 Old Friedensburg Road in Exeter. It's the inn thing to do. Check Birdie's Facebook page for the full entertainment schedule. Now back to the game on the Mule Sports Network. It'll be Wilson basketball to start by virtue of Muhlenberg getting that jump ball right before the end of the third. Hunziker. They'll toss it in, and we're underway here for fourth quarter action. The Mules, 10 points there in the third quarter, just four for the Wilson Bulldogs. As, yeah, they've gone back to man-to-man -to -man defense here, and it's really paid off in spades. A three put up. That one no good by Akings. Ball still loose on the floor. Cantor's getting after it. So is Gruber. And we'll see what they end up calling here. It's going to be a jump ball. It will belong to the Mules again. They have that possession arrow. I mean, to Jaden Kantner, you can't, I can't say it enough. He puts his body on the line every time that ball is on the floor. That dude risks life and limb every single time he's out on the court. Uh, 
Jeez. Armstrong killing. Alex Collado, Kantner, and Kyle Archie. Your five out on the court for the Mules. Killen will try to direct traffic here. And off to Armstrong. Armstrong, a couple dribbles to his left. Now Killen, Killen. <laughs> he was wide open there for a second beyond the arc. Wasn't thinking about it. Now tries to go down onto the low block. They're trying to suck LeVan way out of the low post. They have Archie lining up beyond the three-point arc. Now they stick Archie down on the low post. But even still, he's not really on the low post. He's cycling out as Kalen, big ol' Euro step. Shermar Killen, he's been quiet. He had five in the first quarter, nothing since. Nice job by Kantner tying up LeVan. And we're going to have a foul on LeVan. Wow. How about that? Jaden Kantner quickly done. Just tying him up, stealing it away. LeVan, just his first personal. Be the first for the Bulldogs here in the fourth quarter. Trailing by 11. And Armstrong throws it off of McFadden's foot. Kickball, it'll stay with the Mules. Minute 16 gone by. Like I said, the Mules, not only is this game for Burke's one supremacy and also for Burke's potential Burke's playoff seating as well, but mm -hmm. also for districts. A win here for the Mules would help them try to break some stalemates that currently Damn exist man. in the 5A bracket as Kantner taking on all comers. The tough bucket and one. Man, he gets past his defender, goes straight to a hop step and gets right around the other one. It's just beautiful play by Jaden Kantner. Kantner averaging nine, just under nine points a game. His career high and season high was 20, set against Exeter back on the 15th. He had 19 against Reading High on the 9th. He has really stepped up in crucial spots as the and one opportunity no good. Cantor grabs his own board. He was definitely fouled there, by the way. Armstrong driving in. Got it! Oh, my! Wow! Justin Armstrong, the freshman. Splits the defenders, throws it up. That ball hung on the rim for what seemed like an eternity and finally dropped. The freshman says, hey, I belong here too. Wow. Gee, oh, my. Woo. Justin Armstrong. I know that makes you happy inside. The lead's back at 15. Dude, By I... the way, largest of the contest, previously 14 in the second quarter, as Armstrong... Gets three the hard way. The lead's up to 16. Armstrong, a well-deserved couple of pats on the head by Flowers and Perez. And who would have thought Justin Armstrong, deservedly so. We've seen him in JV games be a standout. He started getting into the rotation a few games ago, and now he's a mainstay. Oh, my. Driving in Hunsicker, right-handed attempt is good. Throws it in off the left side. His first bucket. I just want to say, that one rolled around the back of the rim for a little bit and then came in. And we're going to have a travel called here on LeClaire. He'll cough it up. By the way, we talked about Wilson's depth in the beginning of this game. They now have seven players in the scoring column. 
Jeez. Muhlenberg with six, by the way. But just about everyone touching the court here for Wilson has scored. Gruber and Hunsaker a little do-si-do there. They swing it over into the right corner for McFadden. Straight ahead, three. Akings has been quiet here this second half as well. Not so much there. He's now up to a dozen. His second three of the contest. And Killen draws the personal on Akings. Man. For as quiet as Wilson has been on the foul front this entire contest, four fouls here with 525 remaining, and that could certainly play a large role going down the stretch. Mules with zero. Yeah. Technically, four fouls to give. Wilson, none. Next one will stick Muhlenberg in the bonus. And the entire bench was waiting for Justin Armstrong to shoot that three. Gets it down to Killen. Killen tried one more pass. Probably should have just taken it himself. Archie will be called for the personal on Gruber. For Archie, I mean, he's really the only one in foul trouble here for the Mules. That'll be number three, I believe. The auxiliary basket over there on the side is up and blocking virtually all of the Mules numbers on the scoreboard for me. So love that for me. Just over five to play, 11-point advantage. Bulldogs thinking about it. They have a good matchup here. McFadden going against Archie. He'll drop it out. Eat him a three. No good. Another offensive board. We're going to have a foul here for the Mules. We'll see who they call it on. It's either Armstrong or Killen, and it will be on Killen. Killen, that's his second. Don't want to get them into foul trouble right now. They're all right. Two for Killen, two for the Mules. I had to say something about them having none. Yeah, you had to. In less than a minute, they've racked up two. LeClaire and Gruber going after the inbounds. Somehow Gruber gets off his fingertips, drives in. It's going to be on the floor. And it will not be on the floor. It will be two at the line for Maddox Gruber. One of two from the stripe his first time around be useful for him to hit both here. Probably goes without saying. Yeah. Just like while my dad would we'd be watching football as that one hits every part of the rim and goes out again. Yeah. Included some of the backboard this time. Are we uh, sure my dad would always just say that it's a good time for a touchdown or a good time for an interception every time we watch. And it's like, yeah, any time's a good time for a touchdown, Dad. <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> Second upcoming for Gruber. Gruber again, 72% coming in. 50% here as he hits one of two. 10-point game. Mules looking to bring this one home. Wilson doubling up. And Alex Collado looking for contact. I think he fell on his own. And... Yeah, they weren't quite sure what to call it, and it is going to be a travel on Collado. He slipped and fell. And, you know, I have to tell you also, somebody slips and falls on the court. Normally you're going out to see, hey, there's a slick spot, might want to take a towel. This is not the first time that we've seen somebody slip and fall on a court (laughs) and nothing be done about it. So apparently there's nothing on the court. He just tripped over his own feet, I guess. Yeah. It's never on the court. Hunsaker getting ready to check in here for the Bulldogs. And, man, that's an offensive foul if I've ever seen one. 
Yeah, absolutely there, Tom McFadden. <laughs> Dude was throwing bows and uh, called for the offensive foul. No, it was a very strong forearm plus a shove. Yeah. And then he looked around. Hey, yeah, that, that's definitely a personal there, my dude. That was the fifth personal. Will not send Mules to the line since it was an offensive foul. Armstrong splitting the double. Wilson just, like I said, as my middle school coach would call, helter-skelter basketball. Cantner has it poked away, ends up on the hardwood, trying to steal it back. Now Archie on the hardwood. Wilson back the other way. They're going to say that Armstrong, I thought he got all ball. He's called for the personal. And he'll just absorb that one. It'll be his second of the contest. Or third, sorry. Him and Archie both with three. And Akings to the stripe for two. Akings just shy of a 70% free throw shooter. It's the first. We gotta clean it a little bit up on defense. They're leaving a couple people wide open, and it's not looking good for them right now. But we've seen them. They might switch up a little bit here, go to zone. But I mean, that man has been working. Uh, you you see that totally different atmosphere of people running around the court. They're shuffling. I mean, it has been a bowl of passes today. <laughs> Second one rattles home for Akings. Akings now with 14. He had 15 against Exeter in their last contest. His 11th game this season in double figures. As Mules turn it over. And let me tell you, Wilson can work this back down to a two-possession ball game. Driving all the way around. He used every part of that pivot foot, did Tom McFadden. Can't get it to go. Killing double team. End up getting it out to Cantner. Cantner launches a three off back iron. Big rebound there for Wilson. Zellinger the other That's way, throws it up. And we're going to have two at the stripe. Zellinger getting some burn here wow. in the latter goings. They've gone away from Luke Levan. Gone with a smaller lineup, trying to contest with the Mules. That'll be the second foul on Jaden. Jeez. He might have traveled there. And that was also the fifth foul for the Mules. So now both teams in the bonus. And, well, that was an early buzzer there. That ball was in the air, by the way. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Zellinger hits the first. Yeah, even the referee was saying, wait for me yeah. for the buzzer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so <laughs> he's like, yeah, no, you're getting antsy. You make it a two-possession game with the free throw here. It's both. Wilson, five of six here in the fourth quarter from the stripe, has helped buoy their comeback efforts. Will, they beat the press. Archie. Got it, and one. No offensive foul that time as Archie draws the contact, puts it up and in. Tommy Unsicker hits the deck. Wilson looking for the call, not going to get it. They're going to say that Unsicker's feet were not set. Got to go talk to Matt Cauldron in his 23rd season here. He's got some choice words. 
I'm gonna be honest, that one looked like a little bit of a flop. <laughs> I mean, you could call it either way, but from my eyes, that guy really overselled that one. We can say that in a Muhlenberg broadcast. Exactly. Had I be been calling games out in Lebanon County, which I have not done this season, oh, really? surprisingly enough. Just football, as Archie gets three the old-fashioned way. And as I said, they switched up to that 3-2 man, that zone. This time trying to keep it out of Hunsaker's hands. You just have Drew LeClaire playing like his hair's on fire. Saves it from going out of bounds, but gets it right to Edom. And what an unfortunate turn of events there is. Zollinger will get the bucket thanks to the uh, hardworking efforts of Drew LeClaire. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, he was all over the place on that defensive effort. He's going to take us quick breather here. Saved it from going out of bounds, but saved it right to Edom. John Edom ends up feeding it ahead to Cam Zellinger, who will look for three. Man, that Flowers substitutions are just well done. I mean, he, he knows his players, and he knows what he needs from his players, and they do it so well. I mean, when you see the Jaden Cantner, Drew LeClaire look, that's usually meaning they're trying to work on that defense a little bit more and trying to get them to do things that the Mules want to do. And, I mean, it looks – the way he's able to substitute players and them do what he needs, it was amazing. Mules breaking that press. Took him a little bit. Getting out there. Collado draws contact on the low block again. That time he sends Hunsaker stunned. Draws the contact and gets two. Collado, his first bucket since the first quarter. A three from the left corner now by Aikings drops. Wilson refusing to go away. The Mules extended it to an eight-point lead. It's back to five within seconds. 52-47 your score here with 234 remaining in this one. And Wilson refusing to go quietly into this good night. Let's take a quick break. Get a commercial in there. Five-point advantage for the Mules. 234 left when we return on Mule Sports Network. Birdie's Inn is your entertainment spot in Exeter. There's something every day of the week. Dancing to the oldies on Monday, open mic Tuesday, trivia or live music on Wednesday, Thursday is karaoke with Angie, and live music Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Entertainment galore, great food, and the friendliest people in Berks County. The new Birdie's Inn, 160 Old Friedensburg Road in Exeter. It's the inn thing to do. Check Birdie's Facebook page for the full entertainment schedule. You're listening to Ryan and Chris on the Mule Sports Network. 52-47-234 left here in this one. We're not quite coming in for a landing yet, as Mark Zumoff would have said. <laughs> Mules will inbound Archie, double team, tries to get it across the canter. It's intercepted. Bulldogs trying to lay it in, and offensive foul. They're going to say that Collado was there in time. Draws the personal. Man. That was one where, let me tell you, I think what was going on here, this referee got a little bit of heat from Coldren the last time he made that call. So this time he just says, uh, I'm going to let you call it. Call an offensive foul. <laughs> Gets the heat off him for a hot second. Armstrong back in. Armstrong triple teamed. Man. Muhlenberg with plenty of options as Killen somehow tracks down the loose ball, dribbles his way out of trouble. 
And we're going to have a timeout taken here by Matt Flowers. 30-second variety. We'll keep it right here. Whew. Wow. Jeez. Yeah, this is the magic of high school basketball. Things get sloppy and crazy in a hurry. And that's exactly what we're seeing here. Yeah. We're seeing triple teams that they are struggling to pass out of. Like, yeah, Matt Flowers, you're just saying, listen, spread it. Spread the ball, quick passes, make them move. The ball is always faster mm -hmm. than feet. Always. That is one thing that is drilled into your heads when you're young playing basketball. The ball is always faster. You do that. Especially, I used to coach, you know, six to eight-year-olds at, at YMCA. And consistently, you'd stick them out there, and you're just like, hey, kids, which one's faster? And you're like, I dare you to sprint from half court to the free throw line. And I'm going to pass it, and we'll see mm -hmm. which one gets there first. And the answer is always passing, of course. Yes. That's how physics works. But for the Mules, sometimes it's just that friendly reminder as Armstrong coughs it up. Bulldogs, another turnover. Edom, unable to finish. Collado grabs the the miss. Ahead to Killens, who lays it in. Killen has nine. A point away from 16 consecutive games in double figures. Killen's been quiet here in this one. Driving in is Gruber, and Gruber throws it up and in. Gruber's been quiet. He now has 11. He had eight in the first half, just three here, all coming in the fourth quarter. 138 remaining here. We have a 30-second timeout. Coldren takes a timeout for the Bulldogs, down by five. And look, they have played phenomenal basketball here in the late stages. They have really dialed up the intensity on the defensive end. The Mules have struggled to break that press. Like I said, double teams, triple teams. They've struggled to pass their way out of it. Wilson has gotten a couple of turnovers, just unable to finish. They, mm -hmm. Listen, if they're able to finish at the other end, this is a completely different ball game yes, with, you know, 98 seconds left. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, what the Mules have been trying to do and what they're able to get done is incredible, especially right now. Wilson, four points in the third quarter, 18 here in the fourth. And, man, the Mules, they're soon going to have to take another timeout. they got to get it across midcourt, finally get it in the hands of Archie. Whew. If that wasn't 10 seconds, it was pretty darn close. Collado left open. He'll kick it out to Archie. Muhlenberg just trying to play keep away. Now, finally, as that time, Collado... Man, and Edom, he's got to be lucky that he doesn't get teed up for that one. Edom slams the ball to the floor. Instead, it's going to be a personal foul, two at the line for Collado. Man, that would have been insult to injury and could have sealed the deal had they actually called the tee on that. We've seen it. We We've have seen, seen it. it. We have We've seen, seen it. it where, you know, some wayward foul call or technical foul at the end of a game swayed and influenced the end of it yeah. uh, recently here for the Mules. Collado hits the first. I mean, it happened during the Exeter game, which uh -huh. was a until the end. That was it. It's exactly the game I'm trying to reference. Thank you for remembering. It was one of them. Mm -hmm. Collado has hit both this evening, looking for three. No announcer's curse on that one. Thank you very much. 18 yeah. points for him. The lead's back to seven. Wilson has stuck around. They have a chance here. Three from the corner. That one in and out for Zellinger. Cantor grabs the rebound. 
That one goes off of Wilson's thigh. Ball still on the court. Wilson trying to tie up, and we'll see what they call. It is a tie-up, and it belongs to the Bulldogs. It was a nice effort there by Archie getting onto the court, going after it. So it is Wilson basketball. Again, they can make it a two-possession game. They can make it a four-point game with a three. Instead, they will go 3-2, trying to present, trying to prevent the long ball. Wilson trying their darndest. Once again, going away from Lavanna. Three put up. That one's short. LeClaire and Gruber going after it, and Gruber called for the personal. He can't understand why. And listen, it was a 50-50 ball, but he did lead into it with his shoulder a little bit. Yeah, wedged LeClaire out of the way. Hey, look, I get it. You could say that it's a 50-50 ball. Both guys going after it. It wasn't quite 50-50 because of the little physicality that happened before it. Mm -hmm. But LeClaire to the stripe. Misses the first. LeClaire... Not many, yeah, not many options here. He's four for nine. There you go. We'll make it probably four for ten after that. Yeah. But I mean, hey, he doesn't he doesn't get to the line that often because he's more of their defensive playmaker. One of two. They're gonna run that full court three two zone. Yeah, you can't stop. At this point, it's an eight-point ball game. Wilson's still with some life. They're trying. Driving in is Akings. Akings. Gets two more for him. He's come alive here in the fourth quarter again. Nothing in the third. He has 10, 19 for him. It's the most that he's scored in a contest since the last time these two teams met. He had 23 in that one. Mm -hmm. We're going to have a full timeout. And we're going to have a full timeout here. Just one remaining for the Bulldogs. We'll take one ourselves. 30.7 left. Six-point advantage for the Mules. We'll finish this one off when we come back on the Mule Sports Network. Is your house or business looking dingy or need a sprucing up? Be it interior or exterior, Lancaster Full Service Painting is right for your job. Specializing in all methods of painting, from brush and roll to airless spray and HVLP, Lancaster Full Service Painting will deliver a comprehensive premium job at a friendly price. There's no full service painting like Lancaster Full Service Painting. Call John at 717-419-8492 or schedule online at LancasterFullServicePainting.com. Now back to the game on the Mule Sports Network. Man, it's been a uh, tale of quarters, hasn't it? Every quarter has had its own story to write with it. I won't ask, but I'm sure Mike Drago will think the same sitting next to me. <laughs> The, fourth quarter, the first quarter, Muhlenberg went up 13-0. They led by 12 as they beat the press. It's a three-on-one as Armstrong will lay it in. Five for him. Game's not done yet. Gruber a three. Gruber from the right corner. And just like that, it's back to a five-point contest with 17.5 remaining. Every time you think, oh, this game's over. Up, oh, that sealed it. Uh... Another three here for Wilson. That's their final timeout. That's going to be a full timeout. It is a. It was a full timeout. It is we'll a full timeout. Here. That's all that they had left. Yes. Cauldron will keep everyone standing. 
What a game. 17.5 left. Yes, yeah, so to go back, now's a good time to talk about it. Muhlenberg went up 13-0 to start this contest, led by 12 at the end of one. Wilson held Muhlenberg to just six points there in the second, outscored him by nine, cut it back to just a three-point game at halftime. And then the third quarter, Muhlenberg held Wilson to just four points mm -hmm. in a defensive battle. They locked horns in the third. And then here in the fourth, it's a completely different ball game. Mm -hmm. As the Mules have put up 19 points, Wilson has put up 23 of their own as it's been an offensive flurry here in the fourth. You can't make some of this stuff it's, up. It's an incredible contest. It really is. Like I said, every quarter has its own story to tell. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Mules looking to put the exclamation point on the end of hopefully the final thing to say about the fourth. Mules struggling to inbound it. Kyle Archie has to call a timeout, and it looks like he does so in time. Smart move there by the senior. He has the experience, I mean. And hey, that got uh, really close. Well, and I'm sure that's exactly what you know Matt Flowers told him the last time that they were in the huddle. They're like, hey, we're gonna inbound. If you do not see anything, count to four, call a timeout. Mm -hmm. Don't let it get the five. Yeah. If you don't see anything in the first three, four seconds, call that timeout immediately. Don't let it linger. And you have timeouts to burn. Make sure that you use them. Mm -hmm. Kyle Archie, heady we play there by the senior. We had another full timeout, but we'll stay here because yeah, we're already kind of, halfway through it. So. But, I mean, dude, this team, they come out and play. I mean, this is a big-time game, and they are coming out and playing the best possible basketball they can at this moment. This is a big game for both. Like I said, not just for Burke's one supremacy. Yes. Certainly this, this lends itself to it. Both of them have games against Reading High coming up. Mm -hmm. Muhlenberg will finish the season against Reading High here, uh, and that's going to be a fantastic contest, both mm -hmm. of those teams. I mean, listen, these places absolutely erupt uh, when those two teams face off. They get it into Alex Collado. He is fouled immediately. A couple seconds tick off mm -hmm. to the stripe he goes. But uh, Wilson came in as the number six seed in 6A in districts. Wow. Meanwhile, Exeter uh, was number 11, Muhlenberg number 10. As there's like eight, nine Burks teams right in the thick of things when it comes to district playoffs, Muhlenberg is looking to leapfrog a handful of player of teams. Mm -hmm. They can certainly do so here. As this will go a long way. Mm -hmm. and we can talk about this a little bit more in postgame as well. But there's a whole bunch of teams just bunched together here in 5A. And look, Muhlenberg can be one of those teams that kind of shakes themselves loose. Uh, they are just ahead of Exeter as Collado hits both. Uh, but they are right behind within uh, distance of Warwick, Gettysburg, Redland. They're all right there as that one's going to drop in as Edom gets two more. Clock continuing to run. Collado will be fouled. Clock stops with 2.9 remaining. And uh, now with a five-point advantage and 2.9 seconds left, I think that I can finally feel confident saying this one's over. Uh, we can try and say that. I never want to say it until the game's actually done because we've seen some of the craziest stuff happen. I'm I'm expecting the game to be over, but I don't want to say it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't want to be that curse of like, oh, they make two back-to-back -back threes and now they're ahead. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to do that. Muhlenberg, this will help the power ranking. 
as will a, you know, away win against Reading, certainly. Uh, Daniel Boone, maybe not so much uh, towards that power ranking, but Muhlenberg will certainly have a chance here. Uh, you know, their rating is .656, almost .657. They're right behind Warwick by five one-hundredths of a point. Five one-hundredths of a point? Holy crap. You know, they're right there. They're right within striking distance of potentially hosting a home playoff game, which if you're the Mules, that's what you want. You want to host here. You know, I, I think that obviously goes without saying. They'll mm -hmm. have a chance. You get a win here against the number six seed from 6A, that's going to help a tremendous amount. A win against Reading High will certainly help. Like I said, Daniel Boone, eh. But you can't lose to Boone either. They will throw that one the length of the court. Kyle Archie got it. He'll hold on to it. This one's over. 61-56, your final score. The Mules, a huge victory here in Burke's one play. They needed this one. They lost the first time around. End up going coast to coast. Never trailed in this one. Had some scares, but end up pulling out the five-point victory in the end. We'll take a break. Hey, some love to sponsors when we return. We can dive a little bit more into district playoffs as we finish up this regular season. But for tonight, a five-point win for the Mules in a tough, tough victory mm -hmm. against the Wilson Bulldogs. They refused to go away. Muhlenberg, a tough win here this evening. A lot to be proud of here. And we'll talk about that when we return on the Mule Sports Network. that daily basketball coverage you used to enjoy reading each morning? Now you can find it again at MikeDragoSports.com, a website dedicated to covering Burke's football, basketball, and baseball inside and out. For four decades, Mike Drago has provided in-depth coverage of Burke's basketball, and now you can find it again at MikeDragoSports.com. Read feature stories about Burke's County's top players, coaches, and teams, game reports, scoreboards and schedules, breaking news, and more. Mike's unparalleled coverage is just a click away. Go to MikeDragoSports.com. The new Birdies Inn is your entertainment spot in Exeter. There's something every day of the week. Dancing to the oldies on Monday, open mic Tuesday, trivia or live music on Wednesday, Thursday is karaoke with Angie, and live music Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Entertainment galore, great food, and the friendliest people in Berks County. The new Birdies Inn, 160 Old Friedensburg Road in Exeter. It's the inn thing to do. Check Birdie's Facebook page for the full entertainment schedule. Is your house or business looking dingy or need a sprucing up? Be it interior or exterior, Lancaster Full Service Painting is right for your job. Specializing in all methods of painting, from brush and roll to airless spray and HVLP, Lancaster Full Service Painting will deliver a comprehensive premium job at a friendly price. There's no full service painting like Lancaster Full Service Painting. Call John at 717-419-8492 or schedule online at LancasterFullServicePainting.com. 
You're listening to Ryan and Chris on the Mule Sports Network. 61-56, your final score here in Laureldale. Whew. Jeez, I need man. a shower after watching that game. Yeah, seriously. No, it was a fantastic contest. Like I said, every quarter has its own story. Uh, you probably weren't expecting that fourth quarter after the defensive struggle that the third quarter gave us, mm-hmm. where they combined for 14 points, and then they combined for 46 in the fourth quarter. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> a wild finish here. But Muhlenberg, coast to coast. I'll say it again. 13 straight to open the contest. Oh, look. I know her. Cassidy can't see me. I'll text her after the game. <laughs> uh, four-time All-State volleyball player for Wilson. Cassidy means out there. She'll be going ah. to the University of Scranton to showcase her talents. Or as my uh, father-in-law calls it, the U. The U. No, that's Miami. No, he's from Scranton. So ah, okay. It's the U up there. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Uh, yeah, 61-56, your final score. And it just, like I said, a crazy fourth quarter there. Back and forth action after seeing virtually none in the third. Like I said, every single quarter has its own story to tell. 13 straight for Muhlenberg, a 12-point advantage. They were doubling up Wilson at the end of one. We're sitting here looking around saying, is this the way the entire game is going to be? It wasn't, by the way. 15-6, to six, Wilson outscoring Muhlenberg yeah. in the second. Clawed back to just a three-point contest. Like I said, 10-4. to four, Muhlenberg tacked on six more going into uh, the fourth quarter. They were up by 40-31, to 31, led by nine. And then, like I said, 25-21. Wilson dumping in more than Muhlenberg in the fourth, but just not enough as they fall in this contest. Gruber led uh, with 14. Akings with 19 as well. And then a handful of others, Zellinger with nine, Edom and McFadden with four, LeVan with six. LeVan didn't see virtually anything. After they went man-to-man, they were no longer interested in having Luke LeVan in that game. Mm -hmm. He was pulled out for virtually the entire fourth quarter. We were singing his praises about what he was doing to stretch and pull that Muhlenberg defense when they were playing zone. Mm -hmm. They went back to -to man-to-man, and you barely saw anything out of LeVan. He finishes with six. And uh, really... That was the long and short of it, was Muhlenberg going to that tough man-to-man. They were challenged coming out of halftime, saying, listen, you guys are leading this game. You guys had a big lead. You're not coughing this up. Not tonight. Not here in your own building. Not against Wilson. Not in a game that you need. Yeah. You know, for Burke's BCIAA playoffs, for, you know, section supremacy, for mm-hmm. District 3, trying to break that log jam that currently exists in 5A, and we'll talk about that uh, very briefly, but for the Mules, listen, it was all Alex Goyado coming out. He had 14 points in the first quarter alone, six points in the fourth quarter as he bookends this one with 20 points. Sharmar Killen will come up just shy of 16 straight contests in double figures. He ends up with nine, but Kantner, Archie, both with 11 for them. Armstrong with five off the bench. Jeffrey Collado with four in the second quarter for his. And then one for Drew LeClaire, by the way. One yes. or two from the stripe. Can't forget about him uh, to finish up Muhlenberg's scoring. But, man, they held on. That lead extended to at least 16. They ended up clawing back, did the Bulldogs, and made it a lot closer there towards the end. Yeah, they made it really close. I mean... Looking at the turnover sheet, it's Muhlenberg had two turnovers in the first half to Wilson's three. Both played really tight games in the first two quarters. 
coming into the third quarter, both teams had three turnovers in the third quarter. I mean, they were up close and personal right there until the fourth quarter. Muhlenberg just, I don't know, they just kept going those deep passes, and that comes with Wilson changing up their scheme, coming up, playing a triple on the ball handler, and that puts Muhlenberg at eight in the fourth quarter, turnovers-wise, and that puts Wilson at four. And, I mean, you can see that during the entire game, though, Muhlenberg was winning that turnover battle because there was all that energy there. They were getting to the ball as quick as possible. In some quarters, like we usually say, that second quarter is usually that tone it down a little bit quarter. They bring it back a little bit so they have some gas for the rest of the quarter. And we've said it. They're not – it's not – Alex Collado is not a four-quarter player. He is a three-quarter player, and he'll take a nap during the second quarter. But, hey, if he's putting up 20 points every single time, I'll take that over. I'll take him taking that down quarter so he has the rest of the energy for that next game, like for the rest of the quarter and then the next game. So, I mean, the team looked great out there today. They were doing a lot with it. They need to talk a little bit about those zones. We saw a little bit of that zone work getting picked apart. I'm sure apart. they'll go back to it at practice this week. Yeah. Because you'll need it. Uh-huh. And I mean the the team looks good. They looked good tonight. They came off with a with a fast start. They didn't let them come to them. They went out and got it. They went out and got the lead. They'll and need to the, iron out that second quarter. Yeah, really. They. I don't know. That just seems to be their theme this year, though. They got away from... We said it during the broadcast. They got away from getting downhill. Mm-hmm. And, you know, part of that is Wilson just doing an excellent job defending. Uh, and part of it, you know, maybe just be switching things up. Maybe you're looking at that lead saying, all right, we can kind of rest on our laurels a little bit, just mm-hmm. maintain, and maybe don't have that hunger. But, hey, you got to keep going at it. And they did. That fourth quarter, that third quarter really turned the tide of this one. Like I said, holding Wilson to just four points in the third really just swung this contest it was getting close by the end of that I mean they were up by 13 going into the fourth quarter and you saw it dwindle down to basically nothing right mm-hmm. and then they exploded it back again 13 points nice cushion going in and just too much for the Bulldogs to overcome I mean yeah we saw that that different look kind of brought the Bulldogs to shoot in that three ball a little bit more in that second and a couple of them fell it's just not enough I mean they must have shot at least maybe six to maybe over double digits time in that fourth quarter trying to gain back that lead, but I don't think they've ever, they'd ever led. So for Burks, yeah. So for Burks one, that's going to shake some things up now, isn't it? Mm -hmm. All three teams currently sitting atop, uh, technically. Yeah. All three teams tied at six and three. Mm -hmm. There you go. All three teams, Wilson, Redding high, Muhlenberg tied at six and three. Hey, guess what? Redding High gets to play both of them. Yeah. <laughs> so, Burks 1's going to be determined here this week. This week. They have at Wilson on Thursday. They play Muhlenberg at home on Tuesday. Listen, Redding High is going to determine. They have everything in their favor, right? Mm-hmm. They can play at Wilson. That's going to be a really tough game. Uh, but they ultimately have the rest of this season it's it's theirs to lose. Mm-hmm. They win both of those games. They win out. They win Burks one, mm-hmm. and Reading High reigns supreme again. However, Muhlenberg, hey, you got one game against Reading. You saw already how they get up four games against Reading. I am not kidding because 
87-74. That was a heck of a game in Laureldale back on January the 9th. 15-2 second overtime sprung Muhlenberg to victories. They just yeah. ended up running away with it. Sure, Markillen had 29 points. But, uh, look, they're going to have a very winnable game against Daniel Boone on Thursday that we'll cover. Mm-hmm. And then that Tuesday game against Reading High is going to be one heck of a contest and one that, let's be honest, in all likelihood will determine Burks 1. It will determine mm-hmm. some playoff seeding for BCIAA. It will go a long way towards district seeding as well. Mm-hmm. So let's dive into that just a hot second before we jump off um, because that was a huge win. Taking a look at this picture for the Mules, they came in as the number 10 seed. What does the number 10 seed get you? Well, you have to play in the first round, first of all, and you have to go and face the number 7 seed. Right now the number 7 seed would be Redland, right? Mm-hmm. All right, they're 12-5. and five. Listen, a lot of these teams are just kind of – mixed together when it comes to 5A because there's a whole slew of them. When I say that a couple of wins and losses here in the final three, four games of the season are going to make or break what that 5A bracket looks like, I'm not kidding. Mechanicsburg, they're cemented pretty much at the top. They went out. They're going to say the one seed. Hershey's number two. They're 14-2. and two. They're at uh, .73. They'll likely stay there. Mannheim Central, has a tough matchup on their docket against the number nine seed, Warwick, who's 12-5, and five, right ahead of Muhlenberg. That could potentially help the Mules going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that losing to Mannheim Central is going to ding Warwick all that much. You're losing to a good team. Yeah. But it may just be enough that if Muhlenberg can beat Reading High, that might be enough to leapfrog him over top of Warwick. Mm-hmm. Right? Gettysburg stands just two-tenths of a point, or uh, two-hundredths, sorry, of a point. No, I was right two-tenths of a point ahead of the Mules uh, in average. West York is three-tenths of a point ahead of them. So they're all crammed in here. Uh, mm-hmm. York Suburban's at, uh, at the four seed. Greencastle Antrim's at the five seed. Maybe those top five will jostle back and forth, but there's enough of a break that it's really six through 12 that could change drastically between now and the end of next week. Mm-hmm. It really could. Yeah. And... Right now, you have Muhlenberg as the 10th seed. Don't be surprised with a win here against the number six seed in 6A like Wilson. That's going to do wonders for their strength of schedule. That's going to be huge for them. Uh, They could potentially leapfrog Warwick, maybe Gettysburg, Mm -hmm. uh, maybe Redland. Like, maybe this is enough to get Muhlenberg. And we'll see late tonight when they refresh all of these rankings exactly where they stand. We'll certainly know by Thursday. Mm Mm-hmm. But Muhlenberg now at 12-7. and seven. Yeah, the teams ahead of them do have better records. But Muhlenberg plays a much tougher schedule. Their strength of schedule is off the charts compared uh, to what Gettysburg and, and Redland and West York playing in York Adams. Not the same thing mm-hmm. as playing here in Burks. Burks, extraordinarily tough. Lancaster Lebanon League, extremely tough. York Adams, eh, you can kind of get there. But listen, Muhlenberg cannot stress enough. How big of a win this was. This is a huge leapfrog game for them. Yeah. And we'll see at the end of the night here where they land because could they get above of Redland, who currently sits, you know, two one-hundredths of a point ahead of them in the power rankings? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because, look, for the Mules, what you want, obviously, is at least one home game. Mm Mm-hmm. You went out, you're going to solidify a home game here. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that there's much of a chance 
that if you're winning against Reading High, you're winning against Wilson, you're winning against quality 6A teams, that's going to help your strength and schedule. You're going to leapfrog some of these teams ahead of you, like West York, like Redland, like Gettysburg, the York Adams teams that are mm -hmm. hanging in there. I think that you have a chance to, to leapfrog every single one of them. And if that happens, then you host the 10 seed. Mm -hmm. You might host Exeter at home here in what would be a crazy wow. contest. That'd be There's insane. a real-world possibility that could happen. Uh, Mike Drago actually talked about it, uh, about how the Mules and Eagles could potentially meet up in districts. And obviously both of them not in line for a first-round buy, not even a home opener. But, you know, Exeter had some close games. They've bounced back. They've won 7 of 10. Uh, they're playing their best basketball of the season. They're battle-tested as of last year as state runner-ups, and we'll see what they end up coming. Both of those teams play hard, fast. They're motivated. Uh, we'll see what ends up happening. But, look, a number seven seed, that is a big-time uh, opportunity for them, right? Mm -hmm. But what ends up coming up next is the number two seed. You end up going on the road guaranteed against the number two seed. So, all right, what happens if you only get the number eight seed? Well, Eight and nine, you're going to the number one seed. <laughs> there are no good options here, uh -uh. especially if that top six-ish is, is locked in. Now, if you get a lucky bounce, you can get into six. That's where you want to be, mm -hmm. right? You get into the six seed. You now face the 11 seed. You face the three seed on the road. That's a little bit easier, right? Mm -hmm. You end up facing maybe a Mannheim Central that you're going to have some game film on. Uh, from Lancaster Lebanon League. You might have some friendlies that'll lend you some game film for mm -hmm. something like that. You're not facing Mechanicsburg. You're not facing Hershey. But you will face off against somebody like Mannheim Central. Mm -hmm. Obviously, they're tough, but they play Warwick. You know, they get to face the nine seed. Yeah, they do. Uh, right at the end of the season. So, exciting times ahead. Muhlenberg can control, to a certain degree, their destiny. I don't think that they're jumping up into the top five. You're talking about three, four lost teams once you start jumping up into that echelon. Strength of schedule is too high. Power ranking just isn't quite there. But for the Mules, listen, big win here this evening. Mm -hmm. And they get to continue that winnable game on Thursday and then next Tuesday against Reading High. And we'll see how all this shakes out. Uh, this is going to be one heck of a week here. And this is just Monday. So mm -hmm. we're going to have more coming up this week. And then beginning of next week, Burks is going to be decided uh, mm -hmm. for a large part of it. BCIAA is going to be excited, going to be decided. You're going to have the, the coaches challenge, you know, all that stuff working their way in. Mm -hmm. We'll see what uh, shenanery, uh, chicanery could be, uh, you know, thrown around in there. Is Fleetwood going to get hosed with a 15-2 record? Could Schuylkill Valley squeak their way in with a 12-5 record? <laughs> you know. It's going to be really interesting. You're going to have Burke's Catholic as probably the one seed. Maybe Fleetwood is the two. What happens there? It's all going to be shaken out uh, coming up here this week. And then district playoffs will be determined this coming week as well. So a lot of exciting basketball. You're tuning in at just the right time, and we're going to have a lot of these games, playoffs, everything, right here on the Mule Sports Network. Yeah, we will. And it's going Sorry, to be very that was interesting. very long-winded. I really enjoy getting into the nuance and the minutia of uh, playoff seating and, and all that. Uh, there is a way to calculate everything out. I'm not doing that. I'm just going by pure gut instinct. Mm -hmm. But uh, just use that. You'll be all right. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, certainly, like I said, exciting things coming up here. You got Fleetwood. You got Burks Catholic with an excellent season. Wilson, Reddingheim, Muhlenberg, all in the mix. BCIAA, 
it's going to be crazy because you could potentially potentially have lower section teams as the higher seeds. And now you're looking at Burks 1 trying to play catch up here mm -hmm. and try to fit their way in. It'll be interesting to see if some coaches' challenges come into play, like if Muhlenberg catches fire at just the right time. Maybe they wiggle in a little bit higher than they should. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if Burks Catholic's going to get wedged out of that one seed right no. now. I'm not sure if Fleetwood will either at 15-2. and two. But look, like I said, very exciting times coming up. Yeah. A lot of basketball, and it's a heck of a landing that we are coming in for. Yeah, it is. It's going to be very interesting to see how the schedules come out in the next couple of days. So finishing up this one, 61-56, your final score. We will be with you on Thursday evening at Daniel Boone. They get to take on the second leading scorer in Berks County and Brendan Gaines as they look Jeez. to shut him down. Jeez. So far, most teams have. <laughs> <laughs> Most teams. Most teams have just let him score, and Daniel Boone, uh, not happening for you guys. But uh, two games remaining. We are doubtful for Reading High next Tuesday, mm -hmm. but we'll be back at it for BCIAA's. Uh, if it works, it works. Week. If we can try and wiggle our way in there, it might be. We'll certainly try. We'll but try it'll be up in the air, definitely. We'll, we'll see. If, we'll see if you know Coach Perez can grease some wheels for us. Hopefully. But uh, like I said, 61-56, your final score. That evens up everything across Burks 1 right now. All mm -hmm. the teams are 6-3 and three in league play. Exciting times once again coming up. Uh, but we will have, again, Daniel Boone for you on Thursday uh, right here on the Mule Sports Network 7-15 start time, give or take, against the Blazers in Birdsboro. Anything else that you got? No, not really. It was a spectacular game. It was a great broadcast and an Thank you for being out here because I've, I've been wanting to say thank you because you thank everyone else. Oh, yeah, well. Thank you for that's, everything you do. That's my spiel. So. That's usually my spiel. Yeah. And. Yeah, we did. Goal. Yep. Beat out. Beat out WU. Mm -hmm. That's all I wanted. Anyway, wrapping this one up here. More to come mm -hmm. on Thursday as they take on the Blazers. We'll have that for you right here on the Mule Sports Network. But thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to Jerry. Thank you to Chris. And thank you, of course, to our listeners. Without you, there wouldn't be us. Mm -hmm. So we'll see you on Thursday, everyone. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Take care. Thank you for joining us for Muhlenberg Boys Basketball on the Mule Sports Network. The game has been brought to you by MikeDragosports.com, the best high school sports coverage in Berks County, the new Birdies Inn, Exeter's best place for entertainment, and Lancaster Full Service Painting. This has been a presentation of Jerry Gellick Media. Good night.